You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 79th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. It's a big day for our listeners, all 10 of them in Toronto, as they vote in the Canadian election. And I'm sure they have voted for me, even though I live in Orlando, Florida, because I'm leading the Slow Ride Podcast to the promised land. Yeah? What's your platform? My platform is Zero Podium Bikes. Mm-hmm. It is... Good. Uh, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Is it are uh, you, are you um, running uh, with with or without Fat Bike Radio on your ticket? Oh, you know, I might need Fat Bike Radio on my ticket to conquer the um, the none of it riding, and also the British Columbian uh, British Columbia <laughs> clientele. Yeah, I don't think I have what it takes to be a Canadian politician, but. <laughs> I am excited for tonight's episode, guys. There's lots to talk about. And first and foremost is J- Japan Cup. Okay, first I'm just kidding. The seventh <laughs> classic of the year, right? First, first and foremost, who are you? Yeah. yeah. I'm Tim Hayes, and I'm happy to be here. Who are you, little guy? I'm, I'm Matt. Nailing the intro like usual. This is Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts. You know, guys, 79 Howder. episodes in. Yeah. That's all right. You know, that was pretty smooth, I thought. I woke up this morning, little guy, and it was colder here than it was in Minneapolis, and I think that that should not be a thing that happens in science. <laughs> it was uh, happens in science. It was really hot here today. It was in the high 70s or some shit. Um, but didn't it snow in New York last night or sometime recently? I don't know. We don't care about what happens in New York. Well, I heard I heard Syracuse got snow. That's what I heard a little bit earlier today. Yeah, well, so. that's Syracuse. Hey, did I ever well, tell you that Sarah got accepted to Syracuse University, and we wisened up and chose University of Florida to move our family? Yeah, and that's that was a here. good decision. <laughs> I know. I, 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 we almost moved. We talked about moving to Rochester, New York, at one point, and so same same area would have been weird. Well, guys, anyway. lots to Small talk about. about. I know you want to talk about it, little guy. I know the Japan Cup is is your favorite event of the year. Oh, it's definitely my favorite. I've never watched it or really read anything about it. Uh, but somebody beat uh, Malema won, right? Malema yeah. beat uh, Diego, right? Czech Factory Ulysses? Racing takes the yeah. uh, takes the victory in front of Diego Ulysses of Lampre. That is exciting. I'm kind of I'm liking that Balk Malema is. I mean, he's kind of a cut-rate GC contender. We, I think we could all agree. He's he's your solid sixth or seventh, <laughs> seventh in a Grand yeah. Tour, and it's and it's not exciting. But he's turning into a a good one-day rider. Like he's had some good rides in San Sebastian. He had some good rides in Canada. And Still hasn't he won the hat this. yet, though. Well, he hasn't won the hat, but like he seems like a kind of rider that earlier in his career just didn't seem like he would just be like a slow plodding uh, Zubeldia-esque rider. But he's actually becoming um, a good one-day rider, and it's it's exciting. I hope he goes more that route than trying to do this GC stuff because it's just not exciting. I feel like he's he's just another guy in a long line of riders that should be really good week-long stage race riders like Perry Nice and Tour Poland and all these things, and uh, and gets pushed into these Grand Tour uh, aspirations. And it's yeah. just never he's never going to win. You know, he's not he's not that well, type of rider. Especially if he's always focusing on the tour. I mean, is it a value? Really? I mean, is so at what point does a value of like a top 10, top 15 grand tour rider overtake a guy that can go in and win like a San Sebastian or a Japan Cup? I don't think like ever. <laughs> I don't, ever I don't, for those two Japan races. Cup's on the radar. <laughs> what? Japan Cup what? should be on the radar. It's amazing. Oh. I think it's a tour race, with, I'm sure. You know, some of these other races, maybe. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think still at the end of the day, a high placing in a grand tour is worth a lot more. You know. All right. Well, should it, should it be? Uh, well, no, but it's it's consistent long term exposure, right? I mean, even even three weeks of Zubeldine, if people are watching the race, they see more of the jersey and your rider than they do in you know somebody pulling off a yeah. third place in San Sebastian. Well, I don't remember seeing Zubeldine's jersey at all during the tour, but. You know, that's no one has ever. It was the Volta. No one saw him till the Volta. Yeah, hey, that was the first time anyone had ever seen him. You guys need to ease <laughs> okay. up on Zubeldia. <laughs> all right, he may not be my favorite rider, but man, he's definitely in the top fifteen. And no, I, I take like, it a little. I like him. All right, so let's go to the I'm big race. Steadily since two thousand four. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we'll yeah. get to that later. But guys, the race I actually woke up for on Sunday. Um, Saturday, I did a nice bike ride. Sunday, I had some stuff to do around the house. I was like, you know what? I am going to go back and listen to like our second or third episode where we talk about how to um, watch cyclocross racing online. Mm-hmm. And I uh, pointed the old app to a Kenyan-based IP address and I, uh, <laughs> on my Hala app. And I found myself watching the Valkenberg Cyclocross World Cup. Good and work. I caught the ta- tail end where my girl Eva Lechner takes the win. In the women's field, fantastic mm-hmm. race. As you know, she was a um, VIP at the front of the list for the Louisville Foam Party. And then That's in true. the men's race, Lars Vanderhaar won for the third straight year at Valkenburg. He owned the ruts. The nastiness of that course is, is well known. The off-camber is ridiculous. And I got to say, he put on a clinic. But Sven Nice had some old men power. And uh, proved to be once again near the top of the game. Yeah, uh, Did you I guys even watch the it. Highlights. I watched the highlights. <laughs> All right, well, I, I didn't even watch I the didn't... highlights. Well, Voot van Art got second. It. Sven Nice got third. The big story for us Americans, of course, is that Caitlin Antonio did get second, um, just uh, ten seconds uh, behind yeah. uh, oh, Lechner. You would never know that reading Vela News or any of these other websites. Uh, Just, I, I disagree. I, I thought I, they had a pretty I big it by reading cycling news. <laughs> I thought they had a pretty big. Uh, the Twitter storm was going um, pretty crazy. I thought Vela News and Cycling did a pretty good. And cycling News did a good job of telling the story of uh, Caitlin Antonio's victory. I mean, obviously, it's not. Um, or sorry, second place. It's not as. Big of news is maybe when Katie Compton's gotten all those uh, seconds or even victories in World Cups. But, man, huge result for American cycling. Yeah, it was a good result. Did you – now, speaking of American cycling, I didn't watch the whole race. Um, I just watched the, like, 10 minutes of highlights or whatever. But what the hell happened to Powers? He had a sweet front row starting position. And yeah. after turn two, he was maybe 10th place. And then after, like, a quarter of the lap – they didn't like I, he wasn't even in the top fifteen as I was counting. Um, was it just the mud? Was it just the situation of there's mud and Powers can't ride in mud because it looked like kind of a, a slippery, muddy race. I don't know. I just thought he would do better than that. He had, he was like forty fifth. I could have gotten forty fifth there. <laughs> no, know, you guys, couldn't. I'm... I think you maybe get forty sixth, forty seventh. But oh, I mean, come on. No I faith. do think that I just. And I mean this wholeheartedly. I just don't think that he's racing against the top-level competition in the U.S., so we see him winning against decent guys. But, yeah. I mean, it's a whole other level. I mean, that front group, you know, was, what, seven, eight strong before the attack started to kind of whittle it down, and he just wasn't there. I like to think it's more because of the mud and the off-camber. Uh, maybe he'll do well in, like, Rome. But, uh, yeah, it was a little yeah. disappointing. Because I know how badly he wants it. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking he'd have a better result, being how dominant. I mean, yeah, I know the level's different in the U.S., obviously, because um, uh, he was racing yeah. against me. But um, he can he can ride against those guys. I mean, if Vegas showed anything, like he was right up there. Um, but that was like on his home there. turf. That was his race. You know what I mean? It feels like when he gets over there in to the real Euro races. I don't know. 
Well, I think it's, I, I think well, it's definitely disappointing, but I think that there's like a lot of viable excuses too, right? Like there, yeah. like <laughs> well, the fact I've got that a he's lot of flying there too for my for my race premise. I mean, well, it's also a lot of bullshit to be like. Obviously, like we're sitting here talking about the results of one person on one day, yeah. and obviously he's like yeah. the hope of America um, in those men's races, and so we put a lot of weight on his shoulders. That's Probably unnecessary for the most part. Right. And everybody's allowed to have a bad day. Um, you know, like. Well, not Jeremy Powers. <laughs> I guess. You, the, um, the, uh, I know, I know you guys did some cyclocross racing, uh, this weekend. A uh, little guy mm-hmm. in particular in Minnesota. Of course, the big minute, the big U.S. race was out in, uh, Colorado at the, uh, U.S. Open cyclocross. And that's, uh, Jamie Driscoll. Jamie Dris- Driscoll and Danny Summerhill. Go one, two, vice versa on both days. And then it was uh, Carolyn Manny and Georgia Gould in the women's. And, you know, I just – I was looking at some of the videos that people were posting on Twitter and, and, and Instagram. It didn't seem like there's a lot of people there. And once again, it comes down to the lack of a national series. I think it's really hurting cyclocross in this country. It would be nice to see something uh, really uh, step up and make it worthwhile to go to these races and to view them. We need USGP I've a, back. I've got a good USGP story if you want to hear it. Sure. It's sort of sort of USGP related, kind of a little bit. In that I went to the race on Saturday, uh here locally to Green Acres, got there, pre rode a little bit, noticed my headset was loose. Surprise, surprise. Um, went to tighten it, like tried to crank it on the top cap. The bolt just cranked right through and broke my top cap apart. So I could get out. I only had like 40 minutes to warm up. I look up. Who do I see? Uh, but Dan from Omnium Cycles pull up in a truck, like two spots away from me. And I'm like, if anybody here has an extra stem cap, it's Dan. So I go over, and he wasn't even there to race, wasn't even there to run neutral support, but he was nice enough. While he was there holding, to help you. He was just there to help me and to spectate while holding his child <laughs> in his hands. I'm I'm there bugging him if he has an extra stem cap. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And I don't even know how he didn't think he had it. He, like, opens the back of his truck, and it's just full of, like, uh, like, like toolboxes full of small parts. Like, every everything you could ever want. Like, he's like, yeah, let me see. Grabs the first toolbox, and it's, like, full of stem caps and, like, cable ends and shit. And he gives me a sweet gold Exergy, who used to sponsor the USGP, uh, stem cap that... Mm-hmm. Worked perfectly on my bike, tightened my headset down, and um, allowed me to race. That, that, it was great. Oh, look, that's a good story because it's a classic mechanic story, right? Like you ask someone like, hey, do you think you can fix this? Oh, I don't know. Like I don't know if I have time. And then two minutes later, they've already replaced your bottom bracket and you're all ready to go. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Know, it's he's like, like <laughs> I don't know. And, he, and then he had like a whole pile of them. And then he gave me a sweet Exergy one. So I've got a sweet gold Exergy. It's got little windmills on it. Oh, Exergy. Um, Man, um, I totally forgot about Exergy. That was like one yeah. hell of a uh, Ponzi scheme, huh? Remember that? They like they came in <laughs> heavy for cycling it was, sponsorship. It was kind of a – they made some poor decisions. It also probably didn't help them that, that – <laughs> Oh, I got to look is, them up. What happened to what them? Is, like, I think it's the fact that what is a, a barrel of oil cost these days? It probably costs like yeah, $30. Yeah, but weren't they like – It used to cost $100. Wasn't Exergy like the uh, – um, windmill company though. Yeah. Oh, that's what you're saying. You're saying very cause... affected by the price of oil. Yeah. Man, <laughs> they spent a lot of money on cycling because, like, weren't they going to no. sponsor like a team, and then that team went away? They were USGP yeah. title sponsor, sponsor for too. like half a season. Yeah, they sponsored. They for may more not than have ever season, paid I... that. Yeah, that's true. I don't think they ever paid. I think they were kind of rocking that, like the way our sponsors work sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got, we got you. We got you. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Checks in the mail. Well, oh, totally. Man. Oh yeah, yeah. No, any day now. Any day now. Any day. Just come oh, back. Oh, guys, I forgot they had Fred Rodriguez oh, let me, let me on check their my team. Check log here. Let me. Let me. Uh, yeah. Just call accounting. We'll get back to you next week about that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Now they had a they had a team started in 2009 as a Continental Pro. Um, 2011 and 12, they uh, you know, they started doing some big races. They brought on Fred Rodriguez. And um, then in 2012, in November, they dropped sponsorship of cycling for 2013, citing doping scandals. Yeah. Now, that's an easy way to get out of it. Yeah, that's an easy way out. Oh, my gosh. 
Oh man, what a great, great you, uh, team! Now, Tim, I want you to pull up, like, pull that up in one window, and then also mirror their stock price in the other window, and see <laughs> and see where the correlation is between that, because it's probably it probably kind of goes together really well. You can probably see the stock price fall, and then see the the money come out of cycling like immediately, just, just a dip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Oh uh, yeah, that that's that's some good memories. But again, Saved by the Bell and Little Guy. How did you do at mm-hmm. Green Acres Cyclocross Race? Probably the biggest cyclocross race in Minnesota. It is a good race. Um, the course was really fun this year. I got seventh, which I was all right with. There were some some fast out-of-town dudes. Isaac Neff was in town. Fast dude from, I don't know where he lives, somewhere local-ish. Um, Mark Savory, what, like 9,000-time, 35-plus national world champion uh, man was there racing too. So, um it was a good field. I was all right with seven. I made a couple mistakes. I rolled right. the tubular, so, which I was I was in the hunt seventh, for six, but I rolled the tubular. Seventh is pretty good, little guy. And you know what? Um, potentially next year, that could be on the podium. <laughs> when they really widen those podiums to like seven deep. I, I mean, rumor has it they were, they were being discussed. Eight person what? deep podiums. Why for who USA Cycling was saying this? Because that's that's see right there. That's a transition into why this new uh, NACS or whatever organization is the way to go and, and get rid of USA Cycling. Like they should. Like I want I want my accreditation organization or like whoever spot who lets you like the insurance for your events. I want I want a cheaper entry price. I want a more like. Hey, wait, 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 uh, okay. I'm focused. writing this down for my platform. Just a second. Okay, okay. go ahead. I want a che- cheaper entry price. I want, uh, you yep. know, just like a more inclusive feel uh, mm-hmm. for racing, something okay. to bring in more new racers. And I want only a three deep podium. So, like, I want a lower bar of entry to get <laughs> in and do the race, but I do not want, yeah. like, USA Cycling, <laughs> it seems like they're like, because they're charging people so much money, they feel like they have to widen the podium so that people enjoy themselves there like feel included like you show up you get ripped off your race gets cut short because you get lapped nine times and then you, and then they're like hey but it's okay you still made the podium and you're like oh that's awesome i made the podium i love this or you could show up do your whole race you made the get 35 eight. to 39 yeah yeah you won no, the I fat felt- bike national championship 70 plus field. Well, especially minnesota yeah, like exactly. so in minnesota because we do we do like the 35 plus and the one twos at the same time. And then whenever people are, are like, oh, you got seventh, but like some of those guys might have been 35 plus. It's like, yeah, but like if it starts turning into a mountain bike race where you're like, well, I was third in guys with blue socks today and I was seventh yeah. in all the people in the race. But if those two guys did 35 plus, then I was fifth, you know, like, oh. hi, this is Tim Hayes of the Slow Ride Podcast Party. And I'm here to win your vote. Are you tired of podium bikes? extra wide podiums yes high entry fees because we are here to give you an alternative that alternative is grassroots excitement three deep podiums low entry fees and above (laughs) all podium buckets yes vote for us the slow ride podcast party can i tell you something your results might not be fast or accurate (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but, but who cares? You, you know, won't be on the podium. Hey, you know, I remember doing a race. I remember doing a race back in the day. It was um, before I went to go see the uh, um, that breaking away race, the little 500 down in Indiana. And I remember uh, in the field sprint, and we all had to report back to the finish line guy because it was like him and his wife that ran the race. We all had to fin- like report back to him and then say who the guy was that beat us. So That's basically awesome. everyone had to like report like, oh, well, that guy was two in front of me and I was next to him. So then it must have been me. And then that guy was behind and it like worked like Kate, like clockwork. Like there was maybe like a couple discrepancies on like, well, I don't know if you got me or I got you, but it was for 14th place. So why don't you take it? You know yeah. what I mean? And it was very simple and they had results super fast. <laughs> like the, the results were handwritten. It was like done. Next race. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's that's the future. I like it. Now, little guy, you're talking about this new North American cycling thing. Yeah. I got to say, I'm all about USA Cycling right now. This new president, I'm going to give him an old shake in the hand and see how he's going to run because he's running some pretty cool things that finally were out of the the ownership and the leadership of um, 
the previous the previous uh, leader Steve Johnson, you know now we have a zero uh, zero tolerance stand on doping and coaches that have been affiliated with doping are going to be getting out of the sport. I'm very excited. Yeah. I think there's some good things happening. Yeah, with USA, but yeah, there is good things happening. But I don't know. USA Cycling is it doesn't make sense. They're not they're not doing anything yeah. to really bring new people in the sport. I mean, just look at how much gravel racing. Just look at how much just like people are so doing do alley want, cats and so like do you want them to take over gravel races. racing? Like, I guess here's no. the thing: is that no, the thing is, I want races not to be like thirty five fucking dollars to do a local race. Like, it's completely so, so, ridiculous. This is a good point. So, like, I've I've had a lot of frustration with this because the cross races here in Florida, not that I was going to do them anyway this season. I mean, I might do three or four, but I'm only going to the ones that make sense. Cat 3 cyclocross race here in Florida with maybe five to ten other people is $35 if you pre-reg and $40 if you show up day of. And I got to admit, that's a, that's a lot of money to go race with, like, five, ten other people. Like maybe I can expect that at USGP because I, I'm more than willing to pay for UCI inscription and all that. But man, that much money for a cyclocross race here in Florida, that's that's a lot. And it's well, just not worth a, it. That's a cat three race, right? So that's forty five minutes? Yeah. Dollar so that's, a minute. You're paying almost a dollar a minute? That's completely oh. nuts. And I understand that promoters have to charge a certain amount to make money, but part of or to like just break even, but part of that comes back to US well. Yeah, you've said that in the past when we've had this conversation about races. Like, <laughs> there's a certain amount you have to charge depending on what your venue is. Like, USA Cycling yeah. has a really high, no, I freaking think, expensive bar for everything. No, what I guess what I'm saying is what I disagree is that I don't. I think promoters are getting into this to make money, and it's like that's just where it's a non-starter unless it's like a really big event. Um, I don't mind making a little bit of money. I mean, I'm promoting a race uh, with some friends here. Uh, Christian, you guys know him, and uh, Graham from Crosscopter, and a few others. We're going to put on the Halloween race here in Central Florida. Cat four, twenty bucks. Cat three, cat one, two, twenty-five. Single speed race, fifteen. Second race on the day, ten bucks. I think that's a very affordable price because, especially when you take into account that if you're a brand new rider without a license, you have to pay fifteen dollars yeah. now for one day. Um, which that's bullshit. Well, but I mean, that's I don't, I don't know bullshit. the the mechanics behind that. But what the problem is. To me is when you get these local associations that require you to now have two officials or all this ridiculousness and it's like, you know, at the end of the day, if the racers know what to expect, like you do the old under promise over deliver, then it can solve a lot of problems. Because remember, we used to have that $10 mountain bike race in Gainesville and it worked great. It was USA Cycling sanctioned. We made a little bit of money on the side, but not one racer went to that race expecting the world. But then when they got their results within 15 minutes, they were like, oh, sweet. Now near the end, it got a little annoying because they all wanted their results right away. And we had to set them back, you know, a few. We we're like, hey, you also only paid $10. But, you know, yeah, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. How much was well, your what do you, what do you much, well, I was going to say, what do you think about this new this new sort of spinoff organization? Because it's, it's people that are setting it up and running it are, are like USA officials. And I don't they, They're from the inside wanting something. Um, that's better for people starting I mean, out, I guess. I guess Less it's a seat racer. I mean, more more power to them. I mean, living in Chicago for that one year and around, like, there's always been these alternative organizations because there's American Bike Racing, which provided a cheaper alternative, and you didn't have to go through all the headaches of a local association and all the cost overruns of hiring too many people. So I think that there's definitely a place for it. Um, more power to them. I hope people take it up on it. I mean, I could, I probably see, uh, there'll probably be quite a few like mountain bike series that will do it. Cause it just makes sense. Like rather than spending all the extra money and sending it to USA yeah. cycling, you're paying 50 bucks for a permit. And then what, you know, whatever their, uh, their insurance costs are. So you probably save a couple hundred bucks. It'd be easier to put on a smaller race. The downside though, is that you don't get ranking points and all that. And I do feel that there's racers that care about that. I think there are, but I think. I think for a large portion of, of of racers that I don't know, that's probably not that big a deal. Not that they can't even have their own ranking points. Like my God, you don't have to have ranking points and high prices do not go together. I mean, we can go to crossresults.com or whatever the hell he is right yeah. now. And and that won't cost anything. And I was gonna say, if only there were a ranking point system that wasn't based on USA cycling. 
Yeah, but I think that people, USA Cycling wasn't based on. I, I mean, USA Cycling is the the elephant in the room, right? Because it's it's where you get your upgrade points. It's where you know people mm-hmm. go check for the results. I mean, I, I think both yeah. can can exist, but I don't. You know, I'm not willing to give up on USA Cycling yet with the new uh, with, Ner- no, with Derek Richard Hall. And- I think that there's going to be some good things that are happening. I feel that I'm willing yeah. to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. If he wants to join the Slow Ride he, Podcast Party, he can. Yeah, right. To be realistic, the the NACS is they're gonna yeah, like little guy said, they're gonna scoop up some little mountain bike races and they're gonna scoop up all these gravel previously unsanctioned events that maybe want like oh geez, we're getting a couple hundred people now, maybe we should think about having some insurance because somebody's gonna sue us eventually. You know, like they're gonna pick up that stuff. I don't think they're gonna get any real big races. Um, you know, but I think they will be a good entryway into the sport, and because USA Cycling does not cater to the new racer at all. Like you oh. need to be, you need to be already racing and already fit and already wanting to progress up through the ranks to 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 have it make sense to to jump through all the USA Cycling hoops. And I don't think that I don't think they're perfect, but I don't think they're terrible either. You know what I mean? Like they serve a purpose, uh, but they don't. It's- they don't serve the beginner, you know. Yeah, they don't. I mean, I, well, they they try to. They just they just try to get them into the cult, right? Like it's like such a big stepping stone, and then once you're in, you're stuck, and it's it's frustrating. So, well, with that, uh, let's take a quick break, guys, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about um, some really good uh, cycling excitement. I am Jake Wells. Listen to Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, we're back. And what an awesome time to be connected to the Slow Ride Podcast Party. And as we overtake the Canadian political system, we need to take a listen to our supporters. And Spencer, what do we have this week? Oh man, we've had we've had a lot of Twitter interaction. Um, but uh just recently we had a great question come in uh from Zachary Andrews. Uh says at the Slower Pod. What up, Zach? Doing my first cross race. <laughs> Doing my first cross race this weekend, and I could use some tips to not look like a Fred. What do you got? So I'm gonna Ooh. I'm gonna turn that over to you guys to see what uh what you non Freds have. Oh, um... Nothing, huh? Okay. Ooh. Okay, so so what not he to should... look like a Fred? He definitely needs to be wearing bibs and a jersey. So, no what shorts. skin suit? Eh, sure. I mean, whatever. Skin suit? Well, he, no, he I, you know specifically what? said he, do, he didn't want to look like a Fred. He didn't Wait, has say he raced, he has he raced at pro. all before? Like, road? Yeah. But uh, we don't know. I think if it's his first cross race, he should look like a Fred. I think I almost I'm I'm more offended <laughs> by people in the four or five race that look too pro. Why why do you look so pro? But the racing doesn't look pro. Like if you can't match up the pro look with the pro speed, why uh, you want it? You want it to look That's together. Like if you show up, so you up, you show up your first cross race on like on like a five thousand dollar Ridley with like five pairs of wheels. And your legs are perfectly shamed. You got that. You're rubbing the embro on them, and your sock height is just right. Your sock game is on point. So they look and almost you get too in that good. race, and you look really good. And then everyone's like, "Oh man, that guy, that dude's got to be fast, man. He looks, he oh. looks, he looks really pro." And then the race starts, and you're dropped right away, and everyone's like, "What's that dude's problem?" Oh, so like, he sh- he's obviously oh. like. He's you're faking really hard. Over the like, okay, okay, okay. You get found out. I got this. I got this. Right away. Guys, we got this figured out. Little guy, you, you hit it off. All right, ready? Ready? Here, here's what it is. Show up as a Fred. The baggiest jersey you've got. The the worst yeah. pair of cycling shorts possible. Grow that mm-hmm. leg hair out, right? Put a helmet mirror on. Okay. Maybe a visor. We want you to a rack on the bike because here's what's going to happen. You're going to get on that start line and everyone's <laughs> going to look around and they're not going to accept you. They're just going to say, yeah. whatever. You're yeah. going to attack from the gun. You're going to clean yeah. that whole shot, and they're going to be like, whatever. He's going to fade, right? That's right. when you take that clunker. You go into the pit. 
you go into the pit and you take out your race bike. You then get on your <laughs> race bike do, and you get a bigger an start. You do an first exchange. Lap. First, like first exchange. lap. Guys, no. And then a couple <laughs> laps in because they're not seeing you do the exchange. Like they don't, they don't know where you are. And then when the course starts backing up, you go back into the pits again. You get back on the clunker. Because the key is when you go by the team tents, when you go by the team tents, you want to be on the clunker because they're going to look at you going, who is that guy? We need him on our team. And at that point, that is when you You're start playing exchange- negotiation. Yes, 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 two half exchanges. Half-lap exchanges. Half-lap exchanges. Just on just the first couple fact. laps. Because here's the key. When you go just by the, the team couple. tents, little guy, think yeah. of the contracts that are going to be offered to an elite Category 5 amateur cyclocross racer. They exist. And it is something that we ourselves have done. <laughs> Do you guys remember Jay Kelmbrick? The Falcon? When he was Never cleaning up in the Minnesota Cyclocross Series as a Cat 5, Cat 4 at then, mm-hmm. yeah. we were like, we need to get that guy on our team. <laughs> we did whatever we could to get that guy on our team. <laughs> this is what happens if you show up as a Fred. If you show up like little but, guy said, you're a little see, too part of that, Part of that with Jake was that, that we, we'd seen him roller race and then we saw him with his shirt off. And we were like, well, we got to get that guy on the team. The abs were yeah. insane. He's ripped. Yeah, yeah true. He's, that guy's got to be good I, at bikers. Little guy, I think yeah. I think your advice is fantastic. I think we solved that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, good stuff. Okay. Hey guys, we got to. I, I would I would uh, I would actually say you know work on your form over your your function for sure. Like yeah, make sure you get over the barriers. Make sure you don't <laughs> trip and fall. <laughs> just you know practice uh, your craft before you get out there hey, and uh, try and show off. Hey, that's, Zachary, that's your best option. You don't need to really practice. And you know what? If you decide to get off on the drive side of the bike, that's okay too. If you get on the left side, that's okay too. But you yeah. better be off the front. And we want to know how this race goes for you. Also, if you don't want to look like a Fred, at least have drop bars on your bike. No, man. I did my first season on mustache bars. Look at me. Well, mustache. Yeah, okay. That's kind of a drop bar, you, though. Like, you, they do descend. Like, I'm just saying you don't want, uh, like, you don't want flat bars. They're pretty flat. You don't want no. to be the Spencer mountain guy. Was pretty Spencer fresh. was mad. He was mad that whole like first year. Hey, I believe I probably beat you a few times with those goofy ass bars, buddy. I know you did, and it's it still haunts me. <laughs> it still haunts you. <laughs> uh, good, good. All right, guys. I, you know, well, we're I actually much, built we're much more even then. I built that bike that that track, which is like my my touring bike. I built it back up all 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 touring built up now, um, with the mustache bars again as as like my work bike, riding around bike. Um, so it's it's back it's back to its its old my my first cycle cross days of mustache bars and twenty seven inch wheels. It's awesome. So we got a uh, we got a five star review on uh, iTunes. From Dragon Verakin. Verakin. Guys, it's a long one, but fun, friendly banter and cycling. I came across this podcast about a month ago, but I've loved it right from the first episode. I'm about 10 episodes from being caught up, which should be happened by the end of the week. Oh, God. 78 episodes in four ish weeks. Oh, oh good God. work. God. I've tried like, to do that with some other podcasts, but those were good podcasts. At 78 episodes, and let's say like 30 minutes an episode, right? Like, let's. Like we, that isn't even the case, but 30 minutes, that's something like a day. I hope he's been riding when this has been happening. I hope he's been on the trainer this whole time. He's going to get the miles in. I hope he's been putting in the, uh, the Excel spreadsheet time, you know, like doing a couple of V lookups here and there. And he's like, ah, ha ha ha. That was a funny one. The cycling news and rumors are interesting, but my favorite thing about the podcast is the interactions between super rookie little guy. And some guy that sounds like the Matt Jones character Badger from Breaking Bad. That must be you, Spencer. Their history together <laughs> and the stories they tell create the perfect blend of friendly, funny, best friend style banter and tomfoolery. And it's great. It might not be a listen for everyone, but you should seriously go listen now. Uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe. Wave at your fellow cyclists. And thanks for the great show. Caleb L. Awesome. Wow. Nice. That, that's a pretty good one. Here you go. It, and then we got another one. Great fun. Five stars. Nowhere fast. Listening to the Slow Ride podcast is like sitting in on a conversation with your uh, friend, with your best cycling buddies you never had. Not your average newscast. The Slow Ride features a never dull mix of cycling news and industry happenings, along with generous helping of local bike culture and personal anecdotes from the cycling life. 
I would like to thank Sarah for writing that um, yeah review. That was very, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that was another one of our friends. I don't I don't know who that was, but that was great. Nice guys, two That's great good. reviews. We're we're, yeah. we're moving like up in the world. Can... Let's see where yeah. we are on the old uh, charts. Not on the top can charts. Give, can I give <laughs> a shout you... out? A shout out real quick to to Josh Bauer and just say crappy. Yeah, I did. Uh, he he likes yeah. it when you uh, try to keep it uh, clean, little guy. That's nice. I just wanted to say it one time. I didn't think I had a real reason to say it this episode, so I wanted to make sure I just said it for him once. That's good stuff. We'll figure yeah. out a way. We'll get you there. Awesome. All right, guys. I sent you a text, and you didn't text me back, yeah. so it felt like a normal Monday afternoon. And as I was sitting here, I was thinking, you know, we've been cycling fans for a while. A lot of people ask, you know, everyone's got a favorite cyclist. I went giddy, um, you know, over seeing famous cyclists, Cadell Evans at Interbike, Ulrich, you know, all types of people. And I thought, you know, we should come up with a podium of our individual three favorite cyclists that we got the most excited about since we started watching cycling together in about 2004-ish, 2003-ish. And um, I was thinking that... You know, who were the cyclists that actually made you the most excited? The career might not have been very long. The career might have been very long. It's all about just when they did something, you knew right away that, oh, man, Tim is going to be excited about that guy. Or Spencer is going to be so stoked when that guy did something awesome. And it could be across all disciplines, mountain bike, track, whatever. So with that, I think we should discuss our top three favorite cyclists. And this is not an American podium. This is just three. This is real racing because that is part of our platform. And um, I will start out that my third favorite cyclist that um, did it for me was the Cobra, Ricardo Rico. Um, Every time that guy raced, he would call his shot when he said he was going (laughs) to attack. And I had so much fun watching that guy. See, I I was gonna I was gonna put him in my list too. So I I guess I'll rank him third as well because I feel the same way. It was God, he was a piece of shit, and that almost made me more excited to watch him race because I I hated him and loved him at the same time. <laughs> it was it was yeah. I still hate him. It's it was such a weird love hate relationship. He was extremely exciting. You knew he was gonna get popped, and oh, everyone knew that guy was just, gonna get popped. There was no he just he was so easy to hate, but so easy to like be excited by it at the same time i mean he was like he was all the best things of terrible doping era um what was it uh, wrapped up like if you're gonna dope like a total yeah. jackass you might as well ride like a lunatic i mean instead it, of just like tapping out a rhythm for an hour everyone knew it was coming like right like there was every single person in the cycling world knew that he was doping I mean, oh, that yeah. was such a flash in the pan. It was 2006 to 2008. It. And I'm not talking about when he came back for uh, Valken Soleil or whatever. I'm talking about that two, three-year span for Sunyar Duval, right? What about that race he won when he had a broken nose after he came <sighs> back? I mean... Anyway, yeah. Now, he has been suspended for 12 years, so he can come back in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. What do you think of uh, Rico Spencer? <laughs> Good luck. Uh, I have kind of repressed the memory of Rico, but I he was, you know, like you said, he was uh, he was one of those guys that you just knew it was coming, but he was really fun to watch race his bike. You know, like he kind of had that no hold bar, always attacking style. That uh, I don't know, he brought some energy to uh, uh, Lance. Post Lance era, just kind of end of Lance era, like uh, where racing kind of got, you know, followed a formula to some extent. And uh, he spiced it up a little bit, uh, which I did like. So, but he is not on my podium. Who's who's your third place podium? Because both Little Guy and I. The lowest step on my podium is kind of the opposite. Yeah. Um, So I've got. Thor, on the low step of my podium. Thor, Thor, who's really? Yep. All right. Yep. Why? I, I really did. I really did enjoy his career because um, I, I kind of like the sprinters, but I really like even better when the sprinters don't do sprintery things. And Thor got really good at that towards the end of his career, like going off the front, getting in small moves, you know, cleaning up like the in 
intermediate. He got strategic, you know what I mean? And I kind of like that. He um, wasn't afraid to go off the front of the tour on mountainous stages. And uh, and then he capped that off winning worlds. And uh, and now he's he's starring in weird commercials for like cat food or something. And it's it's pretty awesome. Really? He's uh, living the good. dream. Yeah. You know, I Spencer, I totally expected Hushvold to be on your um, podium. I thought he'd maybe be a little bit higher. I mean, you do have a credit agricole kit. And you were always about I uh, tour. I mean, you were so excited when he won that world championship. Uh, you know, I think he was a he was a great rider to to watch. Uh, he had all those green jerseys because he was able to uh, kind of get over the climbs. Um, not not a hundred percent a pure sprinter, but man, the what was he? The god of lightning or whatever they called him, like is his nickname. Pretty good pick. God of thunder. God of thunder. Thunder. Much, much like Thor. Um. So so <laughs> little guy. Little guy, yeah. who do, who do you got um, for your second place on the podium? Uh, I guess Garzelli. I'll say Garzelli. Big Garzelli fan. Ooh. I'm going. I'm going. A lot of Italians here. Um, I don't know why do I like Garzelli. I don't know. Also, another doper. <laughs> <laughs> I think Garzelli. almost all of these guys are going to be dopers for me. And you. <laughs> uh, probably. Um. I don't know, man. I just was always – I think it was because he he had that good moment early in his career. And then I was just always hoping for him to uh, get back on the podium at the Giro. And he was always – you always could hope every year that he'd attack in Milan San Remo. And that would – like if he could attack in Milan San Remo on the Poggio, that was it. That was – the season was good and then win a stage of the Giro. I don't know. And he I, made he made funny faces. No. He had that goofy little bald head. I always get I him know. mixed up with the guy that uh, – <laughs> <clears throat> Who is the guy that could descend really well? The Falcon with Savadelli? Oh, come on! The, no yeah, I just kind of. Yeah. I know. I know they're not the same, but I always just kind of got them confused. I, I got to admit, after the Italians, after, after two Italians, they all kind of just uh, mold together. What? I guess Cipollini, like <laughs> you know, they're kind of like the bald guys. Like there's always like you know, kind of a little Pantani thing going on. It's just a little like, eh, they're climbers. Like Italian climbers never really did it much for me. So all right. Well, who's your second? Who's your second? Well, uh, my my second, um, also an Italian, also a doper, um, <laughs> and the namesake for my cat, uh, Danilo De Luca. Ah, and you just said Italian <laughs> climbers didn't really do it for you. You picked two riders. You picked the Cobra no, I'm and saying, De Luca. Uh, well, I'm but saying, you don't you don't have a thing for like Italian doping climbers that like maybe aim for the GC and the Giro. Like that's not your thing, right? Hey. The killer was – there's something about the killer, right? And yeah. I think it was around 2000 – it was when he was on Liquid Gas um, because when he won the Pro Tour title, when he won that that first like – like the one year it was around, the 2005, and he had that white jersey, so it replaced the World Cup. And I didn't really know what the World Cup was, and then they were like, oh, there's this new thing, and then that guy won it. So, of course, I went out and got the pink jersey, the DeLuca pink jersey. That's when we got our cat about two years later. Um, oh, man, I just love that guy. And little guy, he may be a climber, but he's also a champion. And there's a difference. Garzelli, meh, maybe he won something once. But, man, DeLuca, I think the only difference is, is that DeLuca doped more seriously in the later stages of his career. And Garzelli maybe took it down a notch. Oh. <sighs> I'm just a fan of DeLuca. Are you surprised by my two steps on the podium so far, guys? Rico and DeLuca? No, you know, I no. hadn't thought of DeLuca in a long time. I really try to repress DeLuca. DeLuca, kind of like Rico, was a rider. I always imagined that um, punching would be more fun than racing against them. But I, but I really don't want... I did like the way DeLuca raced. That, that Giro that he lost to um, the Silent Assassin was really exciting. If not just for watching the faces that that's, uh, I think that's what make. it is. I mean, it was just the exciting style of racing of Rico and DeLuca got me, you know, into that style of racing. So and that it is disappointing. Italian climber style. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's the nonstop into. attacks. You know, it was just fun. I'm a little uh, concerned <laughs> that some of our like listeners are just going to be so disappointed that Tim likes dopers. But I got to tell you, man, when Rico like said he was going to attack and then he turns around and he, the Cobra face came out, it was amazing. And when well, it was DeLuca would do it with those icy blue eyes and you're like, yeah. oh, he is the killer. Like, oh, yes, he is. They was easy to attack and they could call their shot because they, they were like, I will attack here because I know how much EPO I'm going to do the night before. 
and I know that I can do it. Whereas it's kind of hard to call your shot when you're like a human. I, w- I will have you. Crack. I will have you guys know that uh, Damiano Kunigo is not my number one. All right, I'm so... really surprised the Piccolo <laughs> Prince. But anyways, we got to hear Spencer's second. Um, yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, Tim, Tim, I got to say I'm not surprised by your picks, but I did kind of expect you to maybe cover that history up a little bit. So I'm, I'm kind of impressed. Going right. for it. Going for yeah. the jugular. <laughs> um, so uh, number number two on my list, and this might surprise you that uh, he's not a little bit higher uh, on the podium, is uh, Mario Cipollini. He is number two so, on my oh, list. Sprinters. So overrated. Okay. It's Just because the magic, the, the bottle throwing? Because of the magic. The bottle throw, the world champion kit, hurling a bottle at a at a cycling official in the middle of a race. Again, Wevelgum 2003, that is magic, and that will always be the my favorite cycling memory um, ever. What was, the, what was the classic that he, like, crossed yeah. the uh, – the gap was that get Velgum when he like put down was, the hammer yeah. okay the one time he attacked yeah. in his career yeah. and it's, it's become oh. legend bridged bridged across and then he yeah he cleaned it up now it there was, was awesome. there are some uh, cool things with chipolini though there i mean i i respect this spencer yeah he had a lot going on he, he had you know maybe a few marbles loose i'm not gonna not gonna deny that but uh the amount of flair that he brought to races, the amount of exposure he brought to his sponsors and to cycling and to everything, you know, like the ridiculous stuff he did was, you know, we need characters like that um, to, to spice it up a little bit, you know? I really I geeked out on his, uh, geeked out on all his skin suits, right? Um, my favorite skin suit wasn't the exoskeleton. It wasn't the, um, I think there was like a Michelangelo David one in there probably. I don't know. The the one that got me was Absolutely. when he his very last start in the Giro, when he had the pink leotard for that nighttime prologue start, and down the pink yep. leotard were the list of the forty two stages, the towns that he won in down the side, and it glue in the dark. Yep. That was a skin suit, and for that a little bit of respect, not even <laughs> on my wide angle podium, but uh, not even honorable mention, but you know, props. I, I respect that. What do you think of Cipollini, little guy? You know that I don't. I I I don't even care at all, like a little bit for Cipollini. One, I don't <laughs> care about sprinters. <sighs> Two, brash <sighs> Italian sprinters. I it's like way down my list. I don't know. It's not my thing. <sighs> but whatever, little guy, little guy. Well, who In cares? He, dude, Man. dude could not get over a hill. So like, he wasn't. Yeah, a bike. He only did. He only did bike <laughs> races that were like. It's just he just felt like the kind of guy that like if he was a local rider he would show up to two races a year. He'd throw he okay his helmet like when Monster he Remo. when he didn't do well and then he'd go home. It was just I don't know. All right, so yeah. so now we've all done our two and, and now here's what I want to do for the the start is that uh, Spencer you're going to go first and before you list um, both little guy and I are going to try to guess your number one. Um, so I'll start oh, and uh, and based off of your. Uh, um, Torhushvold and your Cipollini, you're obviously going to go for a sprinter, maybe one with a uh, a little bit of uh, flash, um, maybe not a sprinter, maybe a domestique. So with that, I'm going to say that your number one is George Hincapie. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna guess more of a, a classics writer, maybe like a Boonin or something. Oh, how I was saying, but I don't know. I don't know if. All right. And uh, Spencer, it, I, don't you don't need to reveal yet. If you don't want to, we can still try to figure out who uh, who, who you're yeah, going to no. go with. I don't know. I don't have a really good guess. I was thinking uh, the Boone and Mold, but I I've been trying to think of someone who Spencer's crazy I, about him. Beyond I think, Thor, really. Oh, there's there's the whole like uh, Peepo solution here. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely people. But man, can you actually pick Peepo as your favorite writer? <laughs> I mean, that is. I, that is like like admitting that that you Even actually like to be sad. Like I'm also I'm also only listening to emo. Um, so so. Uh, who do you got, Spencer? Well, I this is really 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 close, and I have two names written down, and I have one of them crossed off, <laughs> and it really came down to the last like two minutes before we started this. And the one that's crossed off is Tom Boonin. 
Um, so little guy was very, very close to getting this right. Uh, and I feel like he should still be on the list somewhere, but he's yeah. not. Um, cause he was one of my favorite riders for, for years and years and years. And I loved watching him race the Peru Bay and the Flanders and, uh, but he's been upset by a young upstart, uh, of almost similar, um, kind oh, of, we're going to say Stybar, aren't we? We're saying Stybar. Good looks. Stybar's also Oh, it's not Stivar. Oh, I thought he was going to go cyclocross here too. All right, all right. I I seriously considered it. I I know both of you guys are going to be disappointed with this pick, but I went with our brand new champion of the world, Peter Sagan. Ah, oh, gross! You really, really have been impressed by his racing uh, over the last couple of years, and especially this year at Tour California, it was just. Yeah. Just the passion was ridiculous. Did you, and then did you just name like, oh. drop the tour of California enlisting your favorite bike rider <laughs> since 2004? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, mute. Yeah. I know, mute. I know you didn't watch that race, and you really should, because it was amazing. Oh, Peter, like, I will say, the excitement of Peter Sagan sitting on his top tube, pedaling on the descent at Richmond with 45,000 other people watching was definitely a memory I will never forget, but uh, definitely not number one. Boonin no, but he's way better. I think he's got a chance. Like he's not my number one, but uh, give it a Maybe few in more the years. I, I sincerely believe that he is the next coming of an Eddie Marks. You know, he's the best thing that we've got. Better than Boonin. Better than you know. Like he can win the the Cipollini style races. He can win the Boonin style races, and he can win. You know, he could be up there on mountain top finishes like at the Tour of California when he turned himself inside out. Like, yeah, that was amazing. Dude's dude's legit. It's it's insane. Like, he's a little bit corny, and you know, like he's obviously got some flaws. But as far as exciting bike racing goes, it doesn't get any better. Not bad. And and for a little guy, um, I'm just gonna go ahead and guess a. Uh, you're probably gonna pick some French climber. Um, someone that's never really done anything, uh, just kind <laughs> of there. So, uh, Pierre Roland. Oh, Pierre Roland. No, I'm not a big Pierre Roland fan. I, I kind of find him <laughs> annoying, actually. All right, he's always he's a disappointment. <laughs> I oh, okay. <laughs> Tommy V is a pretty good pick. I think I think little guy got might might go more Italian though with his climbing. I uh mm-hmm. I. I think he'll go like early 2000s Italian, and I'm thinking maybe Gilberto Simone. Oh, that'd be mm. nice. Oh, God, no. Seiko. Simone's the infighting nice. with Cunego. That was so good. The extra trash. That's good. I got to say, Vokler was tough, and it was hard to leave uh, Vokler off the list. Because Vokler, I feel like it's almost the tie. And it, it's a lot of it's about the faces, but it's like a Vocaler Scarponi tie, and I think I gotta go Scarponi. I think I'm more excited <laughs> when Scarponi when Scarponi attacks. There, there is no moment in cycling that could ever be more exciting for me than that time Scarponi bridged in Milan San Remo. Like, Milan San Remo, yeah. and he brought <laughs> everybody like across. Favorite. <laughs> he, he didn't bring anybody across. Well, but he didn't do That's anything when he so, got there. No, he bridged well, by himself between the Chiesa and the Pio. And it was amazing, and he's a climber, and it was such a huge gap, and he bridged. And I know it's because he screwed up and he missed the move, but he bridged because he was on crazy blood bag form. And I don't know. It was just amazing. I remember uh, uh, watching oh. that with uh, uh, through the phone with you because we were all watching the, the feed. Oh, I was and you were losing. so excited. You were like, I was bridging. I was, <laughs> I was in peak. I was in peak Scarponi fandom at that time. He's obviously not quite the writer he was a few years ago anymore. He still makes good faces, mm-hmm. but I was. That was when I was totally geeked out on Scarponi. And then he, and then he made that jump, and I couldn't believe it. And man, that was exciting. So anyway, Tommy bad. V though it is. I don't know how how I'm not giving it to Tommy V. He is probably the most oh, exciting. This is, this is an American podium, little pound guy, or this pound. is a European podium, not an American podium. Yeah, but I mean, it. you know, on a day to day basis, he brings he brings it more than than Scarponi. But Scarponi, when he brings it, it's better. All right, not not a bad podium from you guys. And do you guys have uh, guesses on who mine is? Well, you're not picking Cunego, oh. and that's see. I was going to think maybe Cunego. Um, Man, I don't know. Spencer, I what know you got? who it is. 
Yeah, who do you think? I know who it is. He's <laughs> he's he wants us to say that it's going to be Heimar Zibeldia, but it's not. He's going to throw us a curveball uh, and say Iban Mayo. Yeah, Mayo's probably a good pick. <laughs> That's a good pick. Um, <laughs> oh man, it's not Iban Mayo, Spencer. Sorry, it's a close uh, one though. Such a good thought because well, it was going to be a curveball, but uh, uh, no, uh, I didn't get as excited when, it's, when it's this gotta guy be did. Tyler. Yeah, it's probably Tyler. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler. <laughs> Guys, my first Tyler. all-time favorite cyclist is Tyler Hamilton. Oh my god, <laughs> you guys, you guys called it. Uh, I modeled my entire riding style after him. Um, mm-hmm. Dropping Good the shoulder. Uh, oh, guys, definitely got the same pain face. Oh, Tyler was amazing. Um, there's so much here. And then his 60 Minutes interview uh, was amazing when he ratted on uh, um, Lance. That was fantastic. His book is amazing. I still believe Tyler. Um, if I could be his Chimera twin, <laughs> I would. Um, Tyler. T- every time he attacked, it was exciting because he was the anti-Lance. He was the guy willing to take a stand to Lance. Um, Mayo was close. Cunego. And then also Floyd Landis. I had a lot of fun watching Floyd, but it wasn't as long um, as Tyler. And one of the very first races I ever watched um, was Liege, Bastogne Liege, when Tyler won. And that was the first time I learned about classics racing um, rather than uh, just Tour de France. So Tyler Hamilton, my favorite, most exciting racer. And that is three (laughs) dopers on my list. Um, Spencer, what do you have? You have uh, one doper? Yeah, one doper. I have, I have. I guess zero. I, I mean, confirmed dopers. Yeah, I guess we don't know confirmed dopers. Seems clean. Sagan yeah. seems clean so far, and Cipollini he was Italian, but no, Cipollini most. Oh, he come on, Cipollini a hundred percent doped, and Thor, Thor has some, <laughs> some, some interesting. Oh, I didn't know Lance was doping. Bullshit, Thor. That's bullshit. And then he was surprised when Lance well, told him he doped. Well, we don't. Look, 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 we're going off of confirmed. We're going off of confirmed. Yeah, uh, wasn't there a confirmation recently that Cipollini was like buying human growth hormone and shit the last few years of his racing? I don't know. He's looking pretty ripped when I saw him. I think he's just working out in the gym. Um, I guy, think he's on human How many growth dopers hormone. you got on your list? <laughs> I am solid dopers. Solid <laughs> yeah, confirmed dopers. Everyone on my team has served a doping ban. Yeah, this is a uh, quite the uh, sad list of the two of us. Spencer kind of comes yeah. away sneak squeaky clean, um, but definitely yeah. those those racers are are some of the best that have been around since two thousand four um, in the international scene. Kind of surprised that Stybar wasn't picked, or someone went with a uh, cyclocross racer uh, like Sven Nice or. Uh, um, ben Tornout, or uh, you know some of these other uh, good racers. I think. But- like Wout, Wout had, and Vander and the Vanderpools yeah, man uh, have a chance of making it in there. Like I do have to say, like watching some of those races last year where Wout and uh Vanderpool were battling and the way Vanderpool sort of like drags his bike around corners and just whips it around. Yeah. Um that's fun. He is really exciting to watch. He races with some flair and I've some had, range strange yeah. technical choices that work really well. Yeah. So I've had fun watching uh, Teo Boss race when he I was on, when he was doing track racing back in the oh, day. Oh, the but... Teo Boss line. Oh, man. Yeah. The Teo Boss line. And then, uh, the and then also Marianne Voss was a lot of fun to watch, but she's kind of not been racing this year. So, you know, we'll see where uh, she can lie. But uh, I think pretty good list here, guys. Mm-hmm. Solid. Solid. Pick some winners. Yeah. I definitely had Steve Barr and Nice on my, on my short list here, but they didn't make the cut. But they... They definitely deserve to be up there. I tried to put a cyclocross guy on there, but you know, with guys, know. it's tough being in a. It's tough doing a European podium. American podiums make it so much easier when everyone is awarded, um, rewarded for their uh, efforts. I mean, you know, podiums twenty deep next time. So, with that, uh, guys, I think that that was a fantastic episode. Um, lots to uh, talk about in future episodes. We have we have a great email that we uh, will get to. Um, maybe next episode, but with that, we want to say thank you to everyone that has subscribed, everyone that has tweeted us at the slow ride pod and the emails at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. And we want to thank BK one of rhyme series entertainment for the intro and outro music. 
And above all else, the most important mm-hmm. thing you can possibly do is wave at your fellow spandex-clad cycling nerds as they come at you. And I have to admit, I was riding last week on a trail here in Orlando, and I was maybe one for 20 on the wave count. But the one that I did get is that I was in the front of our little group as we're going down the trail, and I held my hand out there for a long five, six seconds. So that person coming the other way felt obliged to wave at me. There was no head nodding. It was like, (laughs) oh, it was kind of like when you leave a high five out there for a while and someone finally gives you the high five back. So sometimes you just got to be dedicated to the cause. It's true. I got a good wave today. That's true. From, good good from, job there, too. From a woman on like a cruiser. It was a good solid wave too. Great she looked story. really surprised by the by the wave. I think that was good. You know and, what I saw just briefly the other day uh, at the bike race? I didn't see anybody waving, but I saw two Cat 4s throw their bikes into the woods in disgust. That was awesome. And with During that, the race? Nice. And with that, we're (laughs) going to talk about Category 4 Cycling Etiquette on next week's 80th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, okay. Be there. Wow. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. 